today we're talking about this crazy path to leadership. And I think, you know, we can wish for the things that we want. And then we can get on this path of knowing. And I think once you get to that place, things just happen. (laughs) So unexpectedly and so beautifully, but leadership is something that I really wanted for a very long time. I wanted to be responsible for people. I, I wanted I wanted to steer a ship somewhere. I wanted to, to row the boat the same way I really did. And I got opportunities to, and then I also got laughed at and I got doors slammed in my face when I wanted opportunities to lead. And I am now responsible for the most amazing group of individuals. And I think it's probably the funniest thing that I, I didn't plan on leading them anywhere. You know, like I didn't show up with resume and I'm like, Hey, this is why you should follow me. I just followed my passion and I allowed myself to be extremely passionate about it. And the result of that is, is people showing up strong for you because they know that you are strong and that you will not falter, but they believe in what we're doing so much that they're there in case I do. They know that I won't, but if I ever would, they're all going to be there standing strong for me if I ever need a break. And I could not be more blessed in this life than to have people like that backing me up. And they don't have to. <laughs> like, I would be doing this regardless. But to know that I have people there backing me no matter what is the strongest most powerful thing I've ever been a part of so let's go hey you're on this journey on this season five vibe and everything season five as I'm forecasting what it will look like is all about settling into the being, the knowing, transitioning from believing to knowing and fine tune correcting what that looks like and just living. And we started out this show You know, really thinking that this was going to happen overnight. And one of my greatest accomplishments of all of this will be just continuing on and showing an example, a real life example of what it looks like to turn your life around. And so if you're just happening upon this show in season five, you should know there are four other seasons that have followed me on this journey. 
this journey of turning my life around, this journey of finally getting to this place where I wasn't angry and spiteful and hateful and ego-driven. It really follows all of that. So you can go back to the start. What I will caution you is that it is unedited and pure and raw. And I was still very much in that ego hate phase of my life. And it's all lived out loud. And this whole journey has been lived out loud in truth. So you will hear me venturing into businesses that if you follow the link that I am promising you will be there, you will end up lost. You are not going to get there. Just know that. Um, but it's, it's all about that journey. It was real. It was real right then. That business I was developing, that program, that course, that whatever, it was real and this is all real. This is me living my life out loud so we can all do our dreams. Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams and you're like, well, that's a crazy title and that doesn't make any sense. The Death of a Dream is where I do dreams. It's it's an acceptance thing. It's acceptance. Right? Like, hey, that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. You know? And like, letting that go saying oh well i really thought that was gonna play out differently and having that real conversation and and sometimes it looks like you know like it did for me whoa i just wasted 10 years being mad about that and settling for less as a result why why It does not define me. The fact that I didn't make it does not make a difference. It was not one shot only. It was not. It is not. The death of a dream is the beginning of another. Should you be willing to take that? And I wasn't. I was like, well... My dream died and I would not have said that early on because I was too embarrassed. Like, whoa, I really called my shot out loud. <laughs> like everybody knew that I was going to be a division one athlete. Everybody knew that that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. And there was no reason for me to say that. You know how many division one athletes that you look at, at, at their makeup, right? And, and the usual makeup is, oh, their parent played for Harvard and, and Johnny's father was a part of the NFL. And so was his grandfather. And so was his uncle's best friend's sister, right? No, that's not it, but that's sort of what you hear. There is a lineage. There is a reason that that person would think and be connected to those opportunities. They understand the track. They understand. And honestly, they have the genetics, right? And I didn't have those things. And I was coming from a very small school in a very small piece of 
Iowa, which doesn't exist to most of the world. And there was no reason for me to be saying that, to be staking that claim. I wasn't like, oh, well, my 10th removed grandfather once played Division I basketball. No, like nobody, nobody from nowhere is the lineage that I came from. And yet I was bold enough to tell everyone I'm going to be a Division One athlete. I am. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I set that goal when I was in seventh grade. I made a bet with my dad. There was a 1999 bright yellow convertible Ford Mustang on the line. And did I get that? No. No, I did not. And is there a tiny little baby in here? Yes. Yes, there is. And she is looking for an elf right now. And there's an elf hiding in my office. I don't know. There she is. A little cutie cough. Okay. Um, did I get that Ford Mustang? No. Did I become a Division One athlete? No. Did I tell everyone, even at my high school graduation, even when I knew that I wasn't going to go Division One right from there, I still said I'm going to go to Kirkwood, and I'm going to I'm going to figure out how to go from Division Two junior college player to Division One. And did any schools look at me? No. Was there even a hope or a chance that I was going to make that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I still said that. And so then I like aggressively was in about a 10 year phase of licking my wounds from that and, and, and not coming to terms with it, not really ever looking that in the eye, just kind of running from it, running from the reality and the fact that I didn't make it and I was scared to admit that. Even though people knew that and I was running from my hometown and I was running from the mirrors um, that were right in front of me saying, you didn't make it, you didn't make it, you didn't make it. You said that you were going to, you didn't. You said you were going to and you didn't. And there's no... 1999 bright yellow convertible Ford Mustang in your driveway, just in case you needed reaffirmation that you did not make it. It is not there. Your dad did not buy you that because you got a division one scholarship <laughs> to Michigan to play basketball. It did not happen. Rain it in. Why'd you say those things? Why, why would you go that hard on something that you had no right to to own and to to even think that you could deliver how embarrassing and that was that was where i wasted time thinking about how embarrassing that was and it's just a reality. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you find Didas first. Maybe that's a good place to start. Make sure that you close the doors behind you, okay? Okay. Love you. Oh. All right. We did not find 
that elf. So we are going to find the big elf. Yeah, we got two. We got two. We got American Girl doll elf, and we got and we got um, regular regular elf, regular size elf. So <laughs> it was. It seemed like a waste of time, and it and it was in the fact that I never dreamt again. I just thought that this was how life worked because that is what I was told. I was told that dreams end and that I should get over it and start living the real life. And I had so many people that bought into and and believed in me reaching that dream that I felt like it was crushing when I did it. And, you know, I, I wrote my first book on this because I think that it is uh, under... spoken about topic and you're like Anna people talk about chasing their dreams all the time and they're ultimate motivators and have you ever listened to Rachel Hollins or or Tony Robbins or John Maxwell like you idiot there are people talking about this you're not the only one no I'm talking about when it doesn't happen what do we do like what what happens do we rein it in forever? Do we say, ouch, that hurt and I'm never going back and I'm never dreaming out loud again because that's certainly what I did. Or do we find our way back to our truth? And and who helps us navigate that? Because it's not a, yeah, you got this. Come on, go chase your dreams. Let's go to a conference and shoot up some manhood and go after our dreams. Yeah. Like that only lasts so long. And I know because I went to the conferences and I was like, yeah, let's go girl, girl, girl power, girl power, girl boss, hashtag girl boss. Yes. No, it doesn't last. It doesn't last. And I I, I want to find a way to help people through that back to believing in themselves and into something and not accepting right that like it has to be small or it has to be less or it has to be this certain thing that it had to happen when you were 18 or or guess what you get to just rein it in forever no you got this you can do this. I believe in that. And I, I believe in you. I don't know you. I don't know who or when or where or why you're listening to this. But you should know that I believe that you are capable of whatever it is that you want to do from here. And I only go off of that belief because I was sitting in your shoes. And I was saying the things that you're saying to yourself now. That you're not capable, that it's crazy, that that this could never happen for you. I, I get it. I get how impossible it all seems. I get how hard it is to, to truly believe that you are worth taking this next step. I know. 
I get how hard it is to to leave what you know have known. I get how hard it is to kind of walk away from the people who are choosing left less. I get it. I get it. I get it. But that is going to be the track for a little while. And I believe that it's worth you taking your first step. And I don't want to be the one who hypes you up to take that first step. Come on, you can do it. No, I want to be the one that says, take the first step. And I'll be here for you no matter where that step leads. You can count on that. And even if I'm not here every day showing up with a new episode, which is rare that I don't, there's 1,100 to, to back you in case I don't show up tomorrow. Right? You can do this. And I know. Because I'm doing it. And I'm going to be right here with you. I believe in you. And all that matters from here is that you take whatever you need from that. And you take your first step. And over time, you need less and less of my belief because you have built your own. And over time, your own belief becomes your knowing. And that is where we got to get you to. Back to that place of knowing. And we'll get you there. And it'll take time and it'll take commitment. But you can do it. So that is not necessarily a great thing, but (laughs) go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. Start moving in the direction of your dreams. Moving, not talking, moving. What's the first step that you can take today? Because that's going to be the thing that changes this. That's going to be it. Okay, so... I just wanted a chance to lead. I can't stress that enough. You know, on my teams, I was a captain. I was the person who, who, who was obsessed with leading us towards a vision. Right? And that vision was winning. And I understood because volleyball is the game that it is. I understood that I could not get there by myself, that it would never be worth me becoming the best that I could become if I didn't raise the people around me. Because I very much did that in high school. And it was like, oh, I'm the best. Oh, I'm the best. And I realized that I spent so much time wasted on developing my talent and not focusing on building the other people around me. It was just me. And that's the beautiful thing about high school. Like, it's just you. You just get to act in this super small bubble because the world really is catering to you. It really is set up for you to do whatever you want. 
it's kind of wonderful. I don't know why so many young people are like, I just want to be out of here. No, no, like stay here. You get to be you, just you. There's not a whole, and, and some people's lives are different. So that's not a catch all, but you just get to do your own thing. You realize that there's not a lot of responsibility on you depending on how you're growing up. But for me, there was not a whole lot of necessary responsibility. I took on responsibility because I felt like it was going to push me, but I, I did me. I did me. And the result of that was a team that did not perform to what it was capable of a team that was dependent on me to carry the whole load. And I wasn't strong enough to do that. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't enough to do that. And that's no different from anything. Like, the weight is too heavy of this life, of this world, to think that we should do this all ourselves. And I know that it's safer because you know, right? I can trust myself. I can trust this thing. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. It's not all that it cracked up to be. It's not. And I just, I... I wanted, I wanted to lead, but I didn't know how to be a leader. And so I would sit during college because I realized like the team that I was responsible for always came up short. So what did I do? What can I do? How, how can we make it happen? And that was when I, I really started to focus. And I'm sure that my first coach, I got some real good medicine early on in my athletic college athletic experience that was like, you're not even good. And that's kind of the, that's the hard part about college. Like you're going into the big leagues. This is not, oh my gosh, I was so amazing in high school. You get to college and everybody's amazing. Every single person is amazing. Yeah. Like just as good, if not better, almost every single time. And so that was where I began to realize I'm not that good. Maybe I never was that good. And I'm either going to work to figure out who I can be, what role I can play on this team, or I'm just going to be benched. I'm going to let this thing go and I'm not going to keep playing and I'm going to be more embarrassed than less. And this is the only thing I know that I love right now. So I don't think that giving it up, I don't think that not playing, I don't think that any of that is, is going to suit me well, because I will lose everything that I've ever been. Everything of worth in my life revolved around that sport. And so I found a way <laughs> to contribute, to, to be better. And to play a role when the role of superstar was no longer open or available to me. Because it wasn't. I wasn't a star. I wasn't that good. 
And when I found my star power, it was when I realized stars see stars. And they find a way to lift those people up. And my path to leadership has been extremely (laughs) crazy. Like, I don't know. I got the opportunities to lead. And when I did that in high school, I led from a place of ego. And I think most high schoolers probably do. And that was something that was built to me. It was like, Hannah, you're competitive. You you do things that most people won't. And you are a leader for that reason. But I wasn't, I wasn't that strong of leader. Because the things that I led never led anywhere. We did things, but on a rather mediocre way. The way that teams work in mediocrity when the one person leading is leading for themselves. And that, that was my first leadership experience. And when I got to college, I realized that. And I started to look at the value of building the people around me and look at the value of not being the strongest in the room of not being the star. Because I couldn't be. That was not a role that I could carry. Like that was not a weight that I could carry. I was not a star. I could be a contributor. I could be someone who who lent voice and excitement, but I was not strong enough. I was not capable of carrying the weight of the team. And so from there, I just start sitting at the feet of my coaches and and learning and obsessing about how you build people. You know, like what's going on? Who is this person? Why are they acting like this? What's, where's their head at? How do we get more out of these people over the next two years, over the next four years? Like, how do we do more with what we have? And then I go into the corporate sector and I'm instantly given opportunities to lead And I'm instantly given opportunities to compete, to take down the week, to like, it's my first job. The woman who hired me, she, like, I was just young and and she hired me and she gave me a chance to leave retail and to, to get into healthcare, which I was very passionate about at that point. And Do you know what happened? I worked harder. I I learned very quickly. And the first option that I had to lead was to take that boss out of her leadership role. And I couldn't do it. She was a great leader. She was such an amazing leader. I knew that even if even if I had outworked and 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 learned the things that needed to be learned to do that, I still knew that there was something about the way that she led 
that I didn't know yet. And I knew that she was, she was a stronger leader. I absolutely knew that. And so when I was presented with the opportunity to sort of throw her out of her leadership position, I couldn't do it. And so we started to look at, at moving for opportunities to be in that leadership position that early in life. And doors just were not swinging open. And we, we could have moved, we could have left and we didn't, I, I chose to take a different opportunity so that this leader that I deeply respected didn't have to be disrespected because she, she really was amazing. And I saw that in her and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And so I left and, and I went into a a new position and, and when I wanted to lead, when I really felt like I was ready because I had led some volleyball teams, I had led, you know, the groups that I was responsible for before, I really felt like I was ready for that next step. And I, I wanted to be a leader. I just wanted to lead people. Like I, I just wanted to, and I kept getting doors slammed in my face and I kept getting no's. And it was like, well, that's not really leadership experience. (laughs) And I got laughed out of interviews and I was just like, I just want to lead. I just want an opportunity to lead people. Like I just know, and I know that y'all have no reason to believe that I could do this. I know I haven't been given opportunities to lead people in this position, but I swear there is something, there's something I could do more. Just let me lead, you know? And I would get laughed out of interviews and eventually I was just like, I know this about myself. And whether you do or not, that's really on me. If I'm so sure that I am capable of doing this, then I should go do it. And so I left that job. (laughs) Not to go lead anyone, not to, to do it, just to figure out my next steps. And last night, I... Last night I got to present um, on behalf of the nonprofit that I founded. Um, And I got to present to the city. And this is super small. And, (laughs) you know, like, it, it, it was just small and so meaningful. And I... I got to present to ask for money from the city for the work that we're doing. And I think, you know, what a cool opportunity. Uh, And 
you know, I put together the presentation, I sent it out to all my board members, and my board members were like, yep, the, you know, here are some some minor tweaks and changes, and, and they had been putting together, you know, sort of what this should look like, and they're all putting in time, and I'm putting in time to sort of polish and put together the, the final project, the final presentation, and not one of them had to be there. One person, one person had to present this. One person had to put this presentation together, but all seven seven, six, seven, seven, including me. All seven of us were there. And at one point, I, it's about two people away from my opportunity to go. And I look in my, my bag and I realize the presentations that I printed off that I was about to present on, I don't have in my bag. I remember putting them on my desk, but I don't have them. And so I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay. Well, my shop is just <laughs> about <laughs> less than a block away. I'm going to run over and grab those. And as I'm running out to my car, I'm running and I have this realization that even if I couldn't present, someone would have my back. They're all more prepared than even I am. They got this. Even if those were not on my desk and I had to run a million miles to go find the other ones, do you know what we could have done? There are seven council members, and I know that all seven of the people on my team had this proposal printed and in hand. And I did not give them any instruction. I did not say, you have to be at this council meeting. I did not say, you need to wear your jacket. I did not say, you need to print out the proposal and you need to be there at this time. I just said, I am going and I am presenting. The city has asked us to present. And this is what it's going to look like. And they were all there. And they were all prepared even more than me. And I ran back, I got the printouts. And having that realization that there is a group of people behind me who would back me even when I fall is like a, a power and a, a legacy of sorts that I could not be more inspired by. It's truly amazing. And I never looked to lead. I just looked to follow my passion. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, I've enjoyed spending time with you and I cannot thank you enough for making what I do 
possible. If you want to continue to support the show and therefore continue the development of everything that we're doing here with the death of a dream and the development of local and all of the platforms that allow dreamers to do, you can go ahead and connect with us on socials at local shop space and connect with me on socials at Hannah Nuss. And I would love to see you there. Go ahead and check out all of our websites and everything that we do here. I would love you to do all of that, to like, share, and and comment on everything that we're doing. But bottom line, I, I just want you to do your dreams. And as long as you're going after the things that set your heart on fire, that's all that really matters. Change the world.